everyone and welcome to Nano Community Tech. This is your host, Sandeep Johal. In this episode, I speak to Jess Hartono, co-founder and director of JD Leads Online, a firm that looks at how we bring authentic self to selling on a platform like LinkedIn. She runs a truly global organization with global reach as well as uh, colleagues from all over the world. She utilizes technology to aid how uh, the management of the organization takes place as well as how she delivers her services. In this episode, we deep dive into how the mechanics of running an online business truly works. Jess, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, Sandeep. Awesome introduction. Thank you so much. Super excited uh, to be here. What a blast from class. Like, it's just so cool to catch up with you again. And um, yeah, can't wait to dive in. Yeah, Jess, you and I have known each other for a while now, all the way back from Brisbane. Uh, it, we've we've gone our separate ways and we've done a lot of uh, cool things in our uh, decade or decade and a half or so that's uh, that's gone past and i'm i'm so excited to unpack don't tell them journey. how old we are <laughs> don't give that away <laughs> uh, well yeah and, and if they're doing their math <laughs> um no well look jess you you have you have had an amazing journey um which has taken you from australia and now currently you are uh located in bali you're also the uh right. co-founder and director of jd leads online an organization which I, I understand is the revenue generation uh, business, and I definitely want to unpack that. And we're, we're really looking forward to getting more insights on the technology that you use. So look, you know, let's start from the start. Just tell, tell us a little bit more about uh, JD Leads Online. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Sandeep, JD stands for Jess and David. So when David and I partnered uh, together, you know, coming from a previous digital marketing agency, this was pre-COVID and I was uh, doing websites and branding and things like that. But the problem that I saw in the market with, uh, with doing that is like, you know, a client would spend 10, 40 grand on a website and creating all these assets and like, okay, great, where are my leads? And then you need to turn around and tell them, well, no, you have to optimize the website, then you need to sp- you have to have an ad spend and you have to do this to directly be able to impact their bottom line and to generate revenue. So I then moved from that into the B2B space because that's a really unique type of uh, sales. And I think that's where you know technology really comes into it is we really saw a gap in the marketplace when COVID hit because we had to configure our business model and helping people in, uh, in B2B. When our first couple of months when COVID hit, everything stopped. We went from having about five deals in the pipeline to having absolutely none. And then we had to pivot our business model and get really serious on what is the problem that we're looking to solve. And essentially, we narrowed it down to one vertical, solving one problem with one core solution. And that was, how do you help professionals or business leaders, consultants that are in the, what we call the um, uh, H2H, human to human, or the relationship-based sales space, meaning they don't sell e-com, they don't sell like a cookie kind of thing. They, they go in and they sell high ticket product or service through uh, building a relationship or having to have a conversation with a particular decision maker and solving uh, their problem. If you look at what uh, what happened pre-COVID, you could meet these people through 
networking events, through expos, through, you know, through referrals, friends of friends. But then all of a sudden COVID came and you're relegated to just staying at home, having to get locked in. How do you then, how would how would we do business across the pond? How would I meet a consultant that needs to sell a, a, a six-figure deal in the US, for instance, being based in Bali? How do we help IT uh, tech consultants or project project managers in India find contracts with people that they don't know in the US when they need to speak to a particular CTO of an ex-organization or industry. So if you look at the typical modes of how uh, they would do that, SEO doesn't really work, right? Uh, they're not going to find that next deal on like TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or sort of YouTube ads. Uh, PPC doesn't really work because you're not, you know, it's you're the most someone will ask is like, how much do you charge? You're not really able to build trust to build a relationship. So we saw a unique infrastructure in LinkedIn because LinkedIn is the only professional social media platform where you can actually target and find your ideal client avatar or your buyer persona based on who they are, their job title, uh, who they serve. Uh, majority of C-level and executive uh, decision makers are on LinkedIn and you can actually segment them and identify them based on that. It's also the platform that has the highest uh, income, like income versus, you know, and, and uh, audience and demographic. But therein then lies the problem. A lot of companies are on LinkedIn, but they're using it like a resume on steroids, which is all great if you want to get recruited. But we saw a gap in the marketplace of actually helping these people utilize the technology that is LinkedIn, uh, utilizing that platform, being able to automate them, automate it for them to get a sales outcome, which we call uh, social selling or business to business social selling. So that's a little bit about what we do. That's awesome, Jess. I have noted a few points that I think we could uh, certainly dive into a little bit more. Um, namely, I think there's a whole element of uh, technological uh, understanding of LinkedIn and actually you talked about automating. So I think we th those are all areas that I would like to unpack uh, a little bit later Certainly. in our conversation. But before doing that, I think it's also a very, um, it's, it's, in my, it's on my mind uh, about how a potential customer or an individual who's looking to get into uh, sales or sell something, how they would engage, give us the process, give us how they would uh, interact with your company. Yeah. So first thing that we do for our clients, let me start with the, the common mistakes and the misconceptions, right? Uh, a lot of people get a little bit unco when it comes to how do they show up in technology? How do they show up in a digital space? We all know that if you know if you meet someone, you, you know the social etiquette of how to connect if you met someone at a networking event or at a conference, you know, uh, there's a, certain etiquettes and norms. You know how to connect on that social personal space and then segue to, you know, are they buying signs? Can we take this offline and later arrange some time to talk about if there's any synergies or how we could work together? But here's the thing, Sandeep, all of a sudden when you start to look at social selling in the professional space, people just get like, oh, what do I do with my hands? Just really, you know, it's like, well, we just want some AI and we're just going to send all these messages out to them and some cold email and ask them if they want to come and do business. And it's like, you're trying to close a six-figure deal. You know, you wouldn't have that approach. You're not going to go to a, an event and be like, hey, do you want to buy my consulting six figures? Hey, do you want to, do you need some tech for this much? You go there and you build a relationship. So that's the biggest uh, gap, I guess, in understanding that we see in the market is very few people know how to do that with the same uh, 
digital social media uh, etiquette, social and professional etiquette. That's the first hurdle that we jump uh, for clients. And I'm not saying, let me just put a caveat on that. I'm not saying we don't use AI. I'm not saying that AI completely doesn't work. It's how you use it, which I think is you know a lot about what this uh, conversation is. It's helping people show up on LinkedIn. How do they craft a personal brand that makes sense uh, personally and professionally, because LinkedIn isn't like Facebook or Instagram, you know, it, it has a very, a very unique ecosystem in terms of how people boost uh, credibility and show up. Uh, how do you optimize your profile? What kind of content do you put up so you get engagement? Very difficult to get engagement on LinkedIn. LinkedIn attracts like on average less than 4% engagement. Very different um, user experience on LinkedIn versus, for instance, like Instagram or YouTube, you're not like, you'll go on YouTube, like YouTube, how do I make some awesome nasi goreng, you know, and I'll go and watch right, a 20 minute video. How do I start my own podcast? But people don't do that on LinkedIn. We don't have a playlist of all the videos you've uploaded. Same thing like Instagram. You look at what Instagram has done to, to how people are receiving information. We'll scroll, scroll mindlessly, but it's like a YouTube and your Facebook as well as like your website on steroids on one platform that could fit in the palm of your hand. And you'll, you'll like, you can scroll through and, and see what somebody posted six to 12 months ago, but not LinkedIn. LinkedIn is what we call a newsfeed platform. It's like, when was the last time you're on LinkedIn and you spent 20 minutes watching someone's video or scrolling to see what they posted six to 12 months ago, unless you might be stalking an ex, which, you know, in a professional, <laughs> in a professional context, you get what I mean, right? So it's a very... Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely I get, get what you mean. And, and I particularly like the whole uh, interactions in the digital space. And I would be very keen to understand um, how we can bridge that gap. Like using technology obviously creates this um, unnatural space, which again, perhaps over the pandemic has become more natural than, than we ever imagined. Um, so are you seeing, are you seeing the uptake of, uh, of the digital space interactions, selling, uh, building rapport. And you talk a little bit about human to human interactions as well, um, which again, I think it's the concept of actually bridging that gap and bringing that to an online environment. Talk to us a little bit more about how you advise your clients to be more human in a digital world. Yeah, absolutely. This is what I'm seeing in terms of trends. The people that are get, getting it and leaning into it are starting to do really well and starting to break apart. The people that are still with the old school thinking and ideology and think it's still, you know, they can just, just send direct brain prey outreach really personal or cut and paste messages are really starting. It's going to be a bigger disadvantage to them because all of a sudden we've seen a greater need. Everyone is flocked to LinkedIn. You'll, you'll see a, a huge shift in the type of content that's being uh, show, showcased on LinkedIn. You know, people are going towards, you know, you all of a sudden have to really put yourself out there more. You have to be authentic. You need to be original. And you need to remember that at the end of the day uh, with LinkedIn, it's still based on your personal profile, which is very different to like based on your company profile. It's not about receiving a cold mail from your email. People will remember you, your name, before they remember what you do in your company. And then they'll ask, if you can keep that key thing in mind, you know, people do business with people first, not companies uh, in this sense. And, and again, I speak in, in, in our space, you know, uh, if you're an e-com or you're looking 
you know, I'm just going to buy this new thing from MacBook. I don't care who sells it to me because I just want the latest 16 inch. It's different, but that's not how our clients sell on LinkedIn. Therefore, you need to know how to put yourself um, out there and humanize. There's two types of content or two types of ways that you'll, you'll present or produce content on LinkedIn. We have what we call uh, thought leadership. And that's like, and, and everyone gets that down. That's all about uh, the credibility, how many years you've been doing this, your authority, what makes you a subject matter expert, why your company is so great, the solution that you provide. But here's the problem. If you just lead with that, all of a sudden, you're going to sound like everyone else that offers a very similar service. And it starts to get lost in the white noise because all of a sudden, LinkedIn's become a very crowded marketplace. Everyone is on there. You're no longer just, just you know, we're no longer just competing with all the Bs in the yellow pages for B2B lead generation. We are competing with like everyone, every coach, every course, every agency. That's our experience anyway. So then there's a second type of content that you need to put out there and that's personalized content or personal brand. And that is probably uh, the area where sort of people struggle finding that sweet spot of how to professionally articulate or communicate your personal brand on LinkedIn. But I kid you not, what we've seen in the algorithm and the trends is that is actually what's trending right now. I'll give you an example. I put up a post a couple of months ago. I told a story about my dad. The headline was, um, my dad came to Australia as a poor, uneducated immigrant. That got 34,000 views and over 500 likes, uh, triple what I usually got on any piece of intellectual, like intelligent content I put up about LinkedIn or how to scale your business or do sales enablement. People are people first at the end of the day. So they're always looking to build that connection. You know, they want to know, um, is there an affinity or a connection in terms of our values? You know, do I like you as a person? Do I feel like I know like you as a person first? And it's like we have this saying, you need to win over the heart before you can ask for the hand. So what does that mean in a, like in this sense? Make that emotional connection. I don't mean like can completely like spill out your life story and and just do feel good preppy posts. Uh, I think you, you can manufacture a lot of false and false sort of vanity metrics and engagement, but really put yourself out there. That is how you'll, you you communicate digitally. People are going to pay attention to that. People feel, you know, when you just meet someone and you kind of like, we're going to be best mates. I know you don't know it yet, but this is going to happen. We're going to be bros. You know, we're just going to hang. It's the same kind of thing, but you want to, you want to project that through LinkedIn, through your content. The question on my mind immediately is, do we need more technology to be authentic self or less any thoughts on that? Yeah. So the tech that we use, um, video on LinkedIn is doing really well, but it was about uh, 12 to 18 months ago, LinkedIn was like hungry for video. It was sort of following, uh, trending after like, you know, what Instagram was doing. Imagine LinkedIn was kind of like Facebook 12, 13 years ago, you know, before uh, Facebook became super, super monetized now to get any reach. However, now we've seen the algorithm shift a little bit, which, which probably coincides with the users of LinkedIn, which is LinkedIn's most active between about 10 to 4 p.m., sort of Monday to Thursday. So you get a lot more of a working professional you know, sort of audience that are, that are on LinkedIn. People like to read and use long-form content, but I still believe in uh, video and audio are some of the tech that we use. So we do voice memos. Uh, when, we, when we do messages and communication, uh, just, you know, when you, it's like when you hear someone, you see, because on LinkedIn, you might see a static image of someone. You see two lines about what they do. You've got 2,000 characters of copy about 
their, their pitch, so to speak, but then you've received a copy and paste message. But imagine if you also receive like a voice memo and it's on the high send deep, I've had a look at your profile and I do this. And this is a bit about what I do. You, you all of a sudden get that extra connection because you know it, you know, Sandeep, when you connect with someone on Zoom, it's very different to having that face-to-face personal experience. Like even your the audio comes out differently, even with a mic compared to if we're sitting in the room, you're just getting, you know, you have that heart connection, you have the visual experience. And so we need to try and use technology to lean into that as much as possible. So we do use video because there's this thing called the mirror phenomenon or the mirror effect. It's it's so weird. When I speak to a prospect or a potential client uh, that's watched my video, and sometimes they, they will not comment. Most of our clients actually don't, don't comment and our staff, the people that comment the most are sort of brand investors are people who aren't going to necessarily buy from us. But when someone does look to see what we do and then they go back and they might troll through my content or they followed it for a while but not commented or liked anything, so I have no clue who they are, I'll get on a call with them. They talk to it's the weirdest experience. They talk to me like they know me because of the video and when I put up that post that I told you about my dad, I literally had guys commenting. I got on a call and they're like, you know, how's your dad going in Australia? How's this? It's so cool. You, you know, he must be so proud of you. Like, and it's like, I don't even know this guy on the other side of the globe. That is the power that you, you have. But he didn't come and have that chat with me initially because of LinkedIn. Yeah, he had a LinkedIn or, you know, lead gen problem. It was because he felt a connection or affinity towards the story that I put up about my dad and that talked that talked to my values that resonated with his. And that's, if you think about it, that's how we meet people. That's how we build relationship. We build relationship with people we feel we connected to where there's no like and trust. There's, there's certainly a recognition that bringing the authentic self uh, to the front makes, um, makes for authentic relationships. And, and we as human beings are looking for that. And I find that if you, if you, you talk about videos, you talk about audio, um, and, and I'm particularly interested to know more about the voice memos, but it seems to me we're playing to those senses that are normally uh, used in building those relationships. Um, and I feel mm-hmm. like the technology that supports the enablement of this um, would need to be at a certain level. Like, for example, you wouldn't, I, I'm guessing this is an obvious thing, but you wouldn't leave a voice memo or post a voice memo that's recorded in an average you know, uh, production quality, or it has to be clear. It has to be good. Same thing with the video. You wouldn't, you wouldn't leave something that's a bit half baked. So, so clearly there is, there is a standard, there is, there is technology that needs to be involved. This equipment that needs to be brought into the picture, um, no pun intended, but it's, (laughs) you know, that's, that's the kind of, I I guess, tell us a little bit more about um, your mechanics of actually doing one of those and and what is your advice? Okay, it's so easy. This is going to blow you away. Are you ready? It's actually opposite to what you think. Uh, when we do, I'll do a quote card with like a picture that like it's beautifully done. We've had graphics on it. I've got this stuff moving. I've got this come in. But that picture that I told you about, that post that I put with my dad, it was literally a selfie with my dad, like on like like on, on the couch. He wasn't touched up or anything. It was completely unfiltered. People are going towards that now because that that's the, the authenticity. So it's kind of like when it comes to the technology, the biggest advice I guess I would suggest is don't hide behind it, lean into it, even if it's not perfect, because on LinkedIn, you can get away with it. Remember, we're not creating this. It doesn't have to be a Michael Bay production. It's not kind of like an explainer video on your website. It's it's uh, LinkedIn is newsfeed content. So what we mean by newsfeed, it's kind of like 
imagine uh, a newspaper that you would receive daily because content on LinkedIn has about a 24 to 72 uh, hour kind of cycle, like two to three days. Again, different to Instagram or YouTube. You got you would have a higher production quality requirement on platforms such as Instagram and uh, YouTube than you want on LinkedIn. It's literally that authenticity. Some of the influencers that I follow literally bang up their iPhone and just talk and do these like selfies. And I've like you know, we've got a whole production team where we'll do a Zoom video, we'll have this, we've got like a an intro, outro and like a title. And uh, But there are guys that are getting way more engagement and hits because of how they've, they've leaned into that authenticity. Same thing with the voice memos. Um, I literally, you only have one minute. So when, when we're trying to get someone's attention, I literally pick up my iPhone, I hold the microphone, similar type like you would on Messenger or WhatsApp, and I'll just drop in a a really normal, natural uh, message because it sounds real. It sounds authentic, you know, and that is what people are looking for at the, at the end of the day, just a real uh, connection, authenticity. They want to know who you are first before what you do. As you were talking just then, I was reflecting on how I engage with, with the platforms that you were talking about. And, and that's true. It is, it is interesting because on the whole, you find that there is, there is a distinction between curated content that's a bit too, um, you know, uh, curated. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right, polished. And, and there's an element of um, expectation or production quality, but also at the same time, um, like in you, on YouTube, for ex- instance, I, I, you know, I'm, when YouTube started, maybe I was more likely to watch uh, videos that were, you know, recorded at the back of a phone or something like that. But not, these days I find that the algorithm seems to be pumping up really high quality videos. And, and these are content creators that are individuals uh, across the board. And, and of course, um, they have their own sort of sponsorship and all that. So obviously there's, there's money behind it. Um, but at the same time, they, I find that they're able to blend that authentic uh, content because they, they might be reviewing a product or, uh, you know, providing their very unfiltered uh, opinion on something. Um, and, and that's what I really watch uh, and, and consume. But also at the same time, as you said, uh, on LinkedIn, it's a bit different, definitely mm-hmm. a bit different. And, mm-hmm. and you're right. I saw that post of, your, of you and your dad and I, um, and, and yeah, it was definitely different from say all the other uh, things that were on my feed. Look, I wanted mm-hmm. to uh, talk a little bit more about some of the ways in which you use technology to deliver your program. Um, mm-hmm. we, uh, look, I was looking at your website. There are five steps to your process, uh, and I'm just going to read them out quickly. Uh, you mm-hmm. you start with the client avatar. There's uh, credibility, there's conver- uh, conversations, conversions, and finally clients. Mm-hmm. Um, now, just reflecting on the first one, client avatar, is that uh, what I think it is, which is more of a, a persona that's uh, that's that materializes in the digital world, or or a or a very tall blue being. <laughs> the avatar, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's it's probably like the the first one. So we it, because in marketing, you got to remember it's back to that the yellow pages reference that I made. All of a sudden, you're not competing with all the Bs, all the all the you know L for lead generation, all the Ms in the yellow pages, or just anyone on your street corner. You you're competing with the whole globe. You know, it's like what COVID has done is forced everybody online, and it's a, it's broken down those barriers. We can get work done. We can access, uh, like through the power of technology, we can get in touch with like with labor and get things done. It's just 
the whole world has always become our marketplace, our competition. So how then do you stand out and cut through that white noise, especially if you're just starting off, especially if you don't have like a, a you know a big advertising budget, or what if you're just a consultant, or what if you're just a small business? So then the way we do that on LinkedIn is we start with the client avatar. We have this saying in marketing that the minute you try and speak to everybody, you're appealing to nobody. The way to cut through that white noise is through getting clear on your client avatar. And this, this here is a bit of a marketing uh, technique, but what we implement is called direct response. We want to elicit a direct response and quickly get the attention because in a day and age where we have so much technology, whilst there's so many advantages, there's a lot of disadvantage in the sense that it makes us desensitized uh, when people are trying to get our attention. So you've got to get over that, you know, that hump to get uh, their attention, which is essentially what we do for our clients because we're not going to be able to sell them and help them close business if we can't get them in front of their ideal um, audience to sell their products and services. So client avatar means having a buyer persona or having a clear picture of exactly who you want to speak to and build that uh, and build that relationship with. You don't have to have one. It could be multiple, whether it's a vertical, but you've got to be really clear on uh, who you want to target, how you want to get uh, in touch with them. And that's the key thing that we start off with on LinkedIn. We It's imagine like at the pinnacle of the umbrella because back down to the user experience of the platform, we don't have a whole lot to play with. It's not like your website. It's not like Instagram. You literally got your profile. You got a small thumbnail of a picture. You got about 150 characters of a headline, you got 2,000 characters in your about, and you got an experience summary, right? It's not like a website on steroids like Instagram where you can go in. And uh, so we've got, uh, and it takes like 0.5 seconds or even less for someone to make that decision, whether you're a yay or nay. Do you get their attention? Are they interested? Or are they just going to keep scrolling? So. Yeah, no, good. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying that. And I, and I, I think you get a better idea. And, and in a lot of ways, we we tend to start, um, I, I guess, in any kind of a, a sales process, you just start thinking about the client. And this is a great way to uh, to almost manifest and visualize a, an avatar. And, and I like, I particularly <laughs> am drawn to that uh, phrase. Now, maybe switch gears a little bit. Um, I was just thinking, what? tell us a little bit more about uh, the kind of technology that you currently have. And this could be software, hardware, or, or a combination of both and including your your um you know your your video audio equipment give us a bit of a of a flavor of the kind of um things you use to deliver your services effectively right, right. and including and if you wanted to go into a little bit more about uh you know how you uh, uh use the the current understanding of linkedin um and the algorithms potentially are you are you also in that space or and so on so sure. it's quite a broad question happy to for you to start where you feel comfortable yeah cool cool so the first uh the first part is probably investing in the hardware a little bit of hardware uh, because all of a sudden now you know I'm based in Bali. I don't really sign up any clients in Bali. All of our clients are based in the US. So I'm, I'm having, and uh, David's based in Vancouver. We've got about 20 team members and they're positioned you know, all over the world. We've got three guys that actually work for us that are in Indonesia, but they're not in Bali. So therefore, a lot of our communication is going to be done uh, digitally. So for me, the, the, some of the bare basics, like in terms of hardware, uh, 
having good audio, having a decent camera and a bit of a backdrop because that's going to be how your communications, that's replaced, you know, going to a meeting and meeting someone. So you do have to have a little bit of Zoom meeting etiquette and, you know, having a, you don't want to be like rocking up in your PJs and having like, you know, the kids in their lounge room and or your like messy bedroom with your unmade bed uh, in the background type thing. So I think that speaks to one of it, how how you're showing up. In terms of um, uh, microphone, this isn't a super fancy or expensive uh, microphone, but I found that audio quality does make a difference. Uh, I do like to use headphones as well. So just being able to really hear what, what someone's saying. And um, in terms of software with, within our team to communicate, so we use a lot of video internally as well. And again, it's it's there's a lot of free software right now, whether you're using Loom or Vidyard. Uh, we use transcription software a lot as well. We pre-record and pre-send uh, messages. Uh, and we, you know, we don't have that added benefit of just being able to speak to someone in an, in our team because they're just down the hallway or they're just in the room next door. So the way we overcome that is uh, everyone that, that comes onto our team has a Calendly link. Uh, we jump on their calendar. We use Slack to do a lot of our, our communications. And as much as possible, in order to be able to get efficiency where there's repeat processes because same thing like our clients right we're in different time zones just between david and i's 15 hour uh, time difference so with our client they can't just pick up the phone and call us for instance if they need something done uh, one of the things for us to be efficient and impactful in our deliveries we had to look at how do we reduce that and reduce the number of touch points and so we lean very much on technology to do that so, for instance, in our onboarding, we automate that process and it's pretty much just a, a bunch of um, videos with a back-end portal that they log into. Uh, we have all of our stuff clouded on, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of a workspace so we can get that uniformity when clients download our workspace folders, they fill in the forms and they they upload it in a certain way. We try and get keep things uh out of email inbox as much as possible because it gets lost and confused. And, you know, the last thing they need is like 70 messages from their marketing company. Uh, And it's a who likes to receive like, you know, a million emails anyway. So uh, we we have communication etiquettes and processes around how we give and receive information. And we lean on technology to do that. Otherwise, there's no way we could have been able to run like a, a digital or remote team or service our clients. Uh, you know, and and it's becoming increasingly uh, feasible to run a, a truly what you're what you've described as a truly global team serving a truly global clientele. Uh, that's remarkable, and and continuously um, reminded about how technology has made this a feasible and seamless uh, experience. And and the pandemic, of course, has made this very normal. Um, I I pers- personally have. Um, Experienced, uh, you're subscribing to new services that have that have completely that are completely online. Sometimes even not even having met the person ever uh, before. So, I think this is this is increasingly becoming common uh, area now. Wanted to ask you, and of course, always looking to uh, see how comfortable you are to to share with us. But what kind of magic do you do to get LinkedIn to work for you, or if, if, if I'm asking the question correctly, you know, how do you, how do you get to that? Do you take advantage of the uh, algorithm? You know, that sort of thing. Do you know where I'm going with? Yeah. Yeah. How do, yeah. What's, what's our secret sauce? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, how much no pressure there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
<laughs> for sure. I'd love to. So we absolutely love LinkedIn. LinkedIn has enabled us when COVID hit, everything absolutely stood still. Like we will, I almost, I literally had a few months uh, left to, to live like savings. And I, and I, I spoke to my dad and he's like, come back to Australia because we didn't know all of a sudden everything stopped. Marketing did not become an essential service, you know, when COVID hit and we, we had no income and I was sitting there on my couch and I was like, oh my God, what do I, what am I going to do? We completely pivoted to this LinkedIn solution. Thanks to LinkedIn, uh, you know, we have not paid one cent in advertising, but through this program, we closed $170,000 in revenue in six weeks through what we were able to achieve on LinkedIn. And that is if you can leverage the relationship building aspect uh, on LinkedIn, because at the end of the day, you know, you're doing business with other people, but you need to be able to meet them, show up in the right way and build that relationship. So that's kind of what we did from curating our content uh, the messages, the back and forth in terms of the messages. And then because our, our five C's, which you um, which you asked about, so I'll give you a quick rundown. The client avatar you get, the credibility talks to content. So it's building uh, from thought leadership to personally branded content and then being able to segue that into conversations, segueing those conversations online to offline because that's where a lot of people don't. Uh, they sort of pounce a little bit too quickly. They go a little bit too for the sale a bit too quickly. And you can't just view someone you speak to on LinkedIn uh, as a sale. You can't just be chasing, chasing that sale. You need to, you need to court them. You need to date them a little bit and build that relationship, you know, online. Otherwise it's just, and I know, you know, in, in India, I know they do things a little bit different. <laughs> My best friend is Indian and you can actually shop for a husband, uh, but on LinkedIn, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You kind of got to court them a little bit, date them and build that relationship. And in that stage, in the marketing process, we call that an MQL still, marketing qualified lead, till you're able to segue them, pre-qualify them in a way that's still with social media etiquette to take that relationship offline. And that's where you lead to our um, that conversation into a conversion. That's where it's like, okay, I kind of like you. Uh, I, I sort of trust you can do this. But, you know, where can you add value? What can you do for me? And that's where we talk about. We use a permission-based or diagnostic solution selling model. Uh, and most of our Clients do the same. Consultants and businesses do the same. So we diagnose what's the challenge of the problem and how can we solve that? And then that's how we convert them into our clients. Our Probably our key biggest difference with, our, um, with the service, what we do is we help clients make that transition. So we do not just your top and middle funnel stuff, but also the back end, the sales enablement. Because a lot of people don't know how to do that digitally from having an optimized uh, CRM to then how do you navigate that conversation to convert it into a paid client. Yeah, wonderful. And and I think that that does give me some insights uh, into the theory that I thought you had some special software that sits behind. But it, I think the, the, the stuff that you spoke about actually tends to lend itself to uh, the right kind of attention. And I think that's fundamentally what um, what I'm hearing from you, which is which is great. Very different yeah. to what I'd imagined my, in the back of my mind where there's a magic software that sort of... <laughs> one you, one you magic on, software. Yeah. And then boom. And boom, all the magic happens. Hey, um, <laughs> speaking, of, um, speaking of good things and, and uh, um, the ways in which people who are selling... What, what can you what can you tell us about where this is going? Because obviously there's there's an element of bringing in good content, but then surely and and you talked a little bit about creating um, co- content that's authentic. Can you see the future direction of this uh, utilizing or uh, improving 
based on the technology that's that may not have been invented yet, but is is probably on the way. Um, to yeah, any thoughts look, on that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're seeing so much new technology come out. We also test technology. Like we do use some outbound AI and we're constantly testing and trying things, you know, even with our project boards, even with our communication. And there's always like a lot of all-in-ones and there's a lot of AI tech. Like even on LinkedIn at the moment, Crystal knows. That's that's where one of our favorite bits of technology. We use that in recruitment. Uh, we use that as well in our, in our prospecting. However, this is the thing at the, like, I don't believe that technology is always is always just the 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 silver bullet you know and I think you need to really take a top down approach and understand like what's the methodology what's the process that you're uh, what's the objective what's the bottom line what do you need uh, to hit and then you look at the enablement and I think that's where the technology bits uh, fits in how does technology serve uh, the vision? Uh, and then you look at, you know, ha- analyze that and don't be afraid to change the tech because we see that sometimes people go the other way. They go to the market and they look for the most whiz bang technology with all the bells and whistles. And they're like, oh, well, that's the best one. So I'm just going to use that. But is it actually still achieving your company's goal, your vision and your objective? Because I think at the end of the day, technology is a tool to do that. You know, you can't hide behind that. It's not a silver bullet. It really needs to uh, be worked in as a tool to serve your you and your company's greater purpose. If you were planning for, say, a 10-year strategy that right. uh, looked at, um, you know, link, li- the next generation of LinkedIn, the next generation of this sort of um, being able to sell uh, online, authentic, that those elements, what, what, what does that look like in your mind? LinkedIn is going to follow a very similar path to like Facebook, where Facebook was about 12, 13 years ago. It's going to get a lot more saturated. The marketplace is going to get a lot more congested. The competition is going to get fierce. LinkedIn is still very much in its infancy. You're going to see a lot more B2B and LinkedIn lead generation agencies. LinkedIn is also going to be more monetized as a platform. We're starting to see that now because now uh, we, we, helped one of our clients get 54,000 views with only 3,000 followers in like 40 days. And you, that's like, it's viral for his status, right? If you look at it comparatively, there's no way you could do that on Facebook, you know, it's like without putting some money down and boosting that. So um, I think if you're not already on the platform leveraging it, like now's the time, LinkedIn is still very much in its infancy. And whether you're using it for lead generation, whether you're using it for recruitment or uh, building a professional personal brand, because that is still something very unique to, to LinkedIn. I think, you know, Facebook's got a lot of the the mum and dad and younger audience, uh, TikTok and Instagram, it's, it's, it, you know, it doesn't suit a lot of like uh, consultants and sort of, you know, the big businesses in the B2B space. LinkedIn has got that down, but it's going to start to follow suit. There's going to be, in my opinion, a greater demand on the modalities of content that you need to show up. And I, we saw LinkedIn testing that in different regions. For instance, it uh, doing highlights, uh, lives now, uh, and um, doing stories. You know, so uh, I think that instead of just, because if you think back to when I was doing social selling, I'm going to say back in the day, I just realized how old that sounds. Uh, you know, people were, old, just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people were just like repurposing blogs and stuff like that and just putting up random bits of content. But compared to now, people are doing like full-blown videos and selfies and, and things like that. So I think we're going to see that trend come about where the demand on the types of content to show up and get people's attention on LinkedIn is going to increase. 
And I would imagine that LinkedIn is also very interested to get uh, insights from people like yourself who are, you know, you're seeing the trends, you're seeing the trends of what your clients want and the platform on which it's delivered. So I'm guessing that that there's an element of that, that they they should really be listening to, um, to what you're observing as well. I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, oh, snap. Yeah. LinkedIn, get on my calendar and we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they might be listening to this podcast. So I'll just put a, put a link in there with your, uh, uh, your contact details. Um, look, I think, I think it's been, look, there's a lot to reflect on. And I think it's been, it's been really um, insightful to hear um, about how those who are, you know, of us who have small businesses have a good idea to sell that it's not just the good idea that'll get us across the line. I feel like there is there's a lot more a, a lot more a lot more we can explore and we can we can get into. But you know the elements of bringing your authentic self and understanding your um, your client uh, and bringing that conversation to the human to human level. I particularly uh, enjoyed our chat on that, um, and I think uh, what's really pleasing to hear is that Facebook, potentially Instagram could give us a bit of an idea of how the path that LinkedIn and, um, a, you know, that selling path could, could go in the near future and, and even in, in ten, five, 10 years time. So I think that's been really, really awesome to hear uh, more about. And I really thank you for, uh, for giving us some good insights in this space and, and debunking the myth, myth that there's some magic software in the background where you just <laughs> click on and does all this. There is, there is a whole process and thanks for, thanks for taking us through it. Um, look, enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much for your time today. We'll uh, wrap it up there. Jess, thank you so much. Thanks, Indeed. My absolute pleasure.